So I was thinking about this this week because whenever I go somewhere with the kids, some parents, they let their children pick the music they're listening to. So they listen to the Veggie Tales or the Wheels on the Bus or all that stuff. And I'm just not that parent, I gotta admit. I'm not, we're gonna listen to what I wanna listen to. But, uh, and, and what I, I typically listen to, it's, it's my childhood. It's the 80s, the 90s country music. We got the Randy Travis, we got the, the <laughs> Joe Diffie and, and Travis Tritt and all these, these guys. And I, I really just like it. And I know, never really realized some of the lyrics until I started listening to it with my kids. You ever do that? You listen to some stuff that you used to love, even at their age, and you're like, oh my goodness, why did my parents let me listen to this? But uh, it's not necessarily the, the words to the music that have always gotten me. It's just something happens to me whenever I listen to the, this certain style of music. It brings me back to a simpler time before iPhones and iPads and Androids and all the stuff that we have. It just brings me back. And, and what I started to realize is listening to this stuff, it's like I, I, I remember I'll listen to some things and I didn't really even know the, the lyrics. I would sing along the actual words, but I didn't even really listen to what I was saying. I just sing along. So now as I've gotten older, I'm actually listening to the lyrics that I used to sing and some of it's really good, some of it's not so good, but it's just interesting because I would listen to it and I'd bring it, it or what, regardless of what the lyrics were, it would make me feel a certain way or it does make me feel a certain way listening to certain songs, certain artists, that sort of thing. And I, I think that's kind of what we do with church sometimes. We show up and we, we, uh, we listen, we like the way uh, the message makes us feel and the environment makes us feel and we, we get to, to like jiving, that's how I jive. And, and it's just, but, but do we really stop and listen? Do we really stop and retain the things? Even the, sometimes the things that we're saying, are we really getting it? Because there's a difference between hearing something and really listening to something. Because listening a result of listening involves application. So you could show up here every single week and hear a good message and feel good about yourself and get to know one another and feel really great because of what you heard. But if you're not really listening and applying, you're never gonna experience the freedom that comes from the message of grace and the gospel of the kingdom. So we have to really be aware of really truly listening. And the way you know if you've really been listening is look at the fruit in your life. Is your life where you want it to be? Are you really living kingdom life? Are you really experiencing the things that God wants you to experience? Because, and nobody in here, of course, it's nobody here today. But there's many times where I preach just an amazing message, the best, the best message that's ever been preached. Thank you, Tim. All right. And uh, <laughs> I was just going to wait for a second. Uh, but and, uh, let's say we're, we're talking a, a message about peace and joy, which is pretty typical, you know, but uh, we're, we're just all pumped up and we, we have peace that surpasses all understanding and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And then we say amen and I go out in the back and we start talking and everyone just complains about everything that's going on in their life. We heard a great message, but are we listening and really applying these things and really starting to experience peace that surpasses all understanding and joy unspeakable? You know, I was thinking about joy this week, even. 
Joy is not just putting up with your situations. That's not joy. Joy is active. Joy is actively being joyful in the midst of a storm. And we can't even wrap our minds around that sometimes. You want me to be joyful? Yeah, because we already possess joy. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit. So, so it's not just putting up with life and just, at least I'm not where I used to be, but I'm just going to keep trudging along. No, we can actually be joyful every single day of our life despite what's going on around us. That's what's available to us. You ever listen to a, a song that you used to listen to and you sing the, the lyrics and you're like, wait, that's not, I'm, I haven't even been singing the right lyrics. I was tempted to sing for y'all a little bit this morning, but I don't think I'm going <laughs> to. I'll say it. Y'all don't want me to sing, trust me. There's, so there's a, you ever heard uh, Toby Keith speaking of old, older country, not old, but older, uh, should have been a cowboy. I don't even know if I should tell this story. It's slightly inappropriate, but we'll go there. The, so so we're, I'm listening to my Spotify 80s, 90s playlist. Should have been a cowboy comes on and says, should have been a cowboy. Should have learned to rope and ride. Wearing my six shooter, riding my pony on a cattle drive. And it, we're just singing. And I heard Laura say something different. <laughs> and I said, what did you just sing? And she, she's like, she started going through the lyrics, she said, should have been a cowboy, should have learned to rope and ride, wearing my sex shoes, riding my co- pony on a cattle drive. I was like, it's not sex shoes. It's six shooter. Six shooter. What, what are you thinking? She's like, I've sang this lyric this way my whole life since I was a small child. I'm like, what kind of household did you grow up in? <laughs> she said, it's just like sometimes I think that's what we do even with with our religious thinking we we hear a message we start to we we're starting to scratch the surface of it but then we kind of add our own little twist to it and we filter it through our own weird way of thinking sometimes and then so so we could say man that was great and then somebody repeats something that they got from the message and I think of course just in here I don't say it but I, I think I didn't say that I didn't say that. So we need to really just listen. Not just be hearers, but listen. And that causes us to become doers and experience kingdom life. Listening requires you to put your ego aside and learn something new. Sometimes people, again, nobody in here, or else you probably wouldn't be here, but sometimes some, some people are, they, they could think, oh man, I've been born again longer than you've been alive. What can I learn from you? My pastor told me a story up in Pueblo, Colorado. He started his church about his low 30s, and he, he preached a message, and an older gentleman in his 70s, about 75, came up to him. And he said, I'm old enough to be your grandfather. You think I can learn anything from you? And my pastor just looked at him and said, nope. But it had nothing to do with his age. It had everything to do with that man's attitude. And we, we get our ego and our pride in the way, and we're not able to listen to people that, that could really present something that would set us free. I learned stuff from my six-year-old daughter. You know, we just have to be willing to let God speak to us in any way he possibly can. That would be through scripture. It could be through other people. It could be just through a thought. 
It could be in so many different ways. We can't put God in a box and just shut it down because we got to remain teachable and we got to put our ego aside. Whenever I was a student in Bible college, there was people don't don't want to admit this, but we all had a favorite instructor. And we also had instructors we didn't like that much. I'd always ask other students in Bible college, who, who's your favorite? Oh, I, I like them all because we're good Christians and we don't want to admit that we like one more than the other. But I knew the one that I really did not like listening to. It was super dry, super boring. And every time he'd get up, I'd just click and start hiding. We weren't supposed to be on our phone, but I'd be playing Angry Birds off to the side. And the Lord spoke to me one day and said, you need to listen and you can get something, even if their delivery is dry, even if you don't really like their personality, find at least one thing in each and every class you sit in. I realized that I needed to change my heart and I did. And that instructor ended up being one of the biggest influences in my life. So listening and hearing are two different things and we have to be able to really just put our ego aside, put our pride aside. It's kind of like, I mean, some of y'all have been married a really long time. Does that mean you can't, that I can't speak into your marriage? I've only been married 14 years, but you've been married 40. What do you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you two have been married 40. What do you know? You've only been married 14 years. Well, I guess I can't teach you anything. You know, we just have to put all that aside and let God speak through people. If God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through Clint Zeller. He can speak through Lindsay and Simeon and Juan. He can speak through all of us if we just, just allow him to. I see people who are struggling in areas of their life, but they don't even know that they're struggling because it's something that they've accepted. We've been living a certain way our whole life, and we've kind of shut out any voice of reason or voice of truth in our life. And, and so we've, we've embraced a certain lifestyle, a certain belief system, a certain way of thinking, just because that's what's familiar to us. And you don't even know you're struggling in that area until you realize that you've been struggling in this area. We have to start to admit to ourselves that things aren't perfect, and it's okay. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. I say this, I think, every week, but faith is not denying the symptoms. Faith is not denying the pain and the things that you're going through. What faith is, is admitting you have a problem and elevating the truth over the problem. So as long as we're ignoring the problem, we're never going to get the healing we need. We need to acknowledge it and move on. That doesn't mean we sit here and talk about the problem all day, and then right at the end we say, but thank God for his love. No, we, we acknowledge it and spend the majority of our time talking about the answer, the positive side of things. This is simple. This is even how the world thinks. Think happy thoughts. You know, I mean, but we have the source of joy. We know the source of joy. We know the source of peace. So we as the body of Christ should be living at a much higher level of joy and peace and prosperity and health, divine health than anybody else in this world. We know the source that's awesome. Again, people are struggling in certain areas of their life, but don't even know they're struggling because it's something they've accepted. So rather than saying teachable, they shut off their listener in that specific area, and they never see change. We have to uh, begin to release the strongholds in our life. I have talked about 2 Corinthians 10, an awful lot over the last four and a half years of Grace Life Church, but I'm telling you, it's one of those things that just has 
really been on my mind a lot lately. And it says in 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3, for, for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. In the New Living Translation, I really love it. We don't have to go there. But it says we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We have a power on the inside of us that the world's never seen. You, right where you sit, has, have more power on the inside of you than the world's ever seen. We have to renew our mind to that reality and see ourselves as that type of person. But verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We have the ability to take our thoughts captive. That's pretty much the, the greatest superpower that you possess is the ability to take your thoughts captive. But many of us are just so passive with it. And if it lands, if it pops into our minds, we just accept it as truth and we go about our day and we live the way that we've always lived. But you have the power to take those thoughts captive. If, if it's something that, that is against the knowledge of God, we can take that thought captive and bring it back into that understanding of the true heart of the Father that's always good, is always for you, he's never against you. We have the ability to take our thoughts captive and tear down every single negative stronghold in our minds. If you have a negative thought pop into your mind, you have the ability to shut that down immediately. You have that ability. And again, some of us have been so negative for so long, we don't even realize it. And we've become that person at the party that no one wants to talk to. <laughs> when we say, how's it going? And then you're just like, oh boy, I wish I had never asked. And then if you think about it, some of the stuff we complain about, my goodness, we, we've, I can't allow, I got to have a filter on, but we complain about some stuff. So this morning I want to talk about strongholds and what they are. I used to think that a stronghold is something that, that had a stronghold on me. Seems like obvious in its name, stronghold. So we would have that anxiety that just won't let us go. Or the depression that won't let go. Sickness that won't let go. Poverty that won't let go. But I've come to realize that a stronghold isn't something that has a stronghold on me but it's something that I'm holding on strongly to. That's good news. Let me say it again, because a stronghold isn't something that has hold of you. A stronghold is something that you have a hold of. What does that mean? You have that power to release that stronghold. You have that power to release any negative stronghold in your life. But it's some, for some of us, it's become our little security blanket. We've been living in this pain and this depression and the anxiety and the poverty for so long. It's scary to let that go, even though that's the thing that's destroying us. Because we're more afraid of the unknown than we are with the effects of what we're unwilling to release. But I'm telling you right now, God's plan for you is for good and not for disaster. Let those things go. You have that power. 
If, imagine if we, things just didn't affect you the way that they used to. Imagine if, if you lived a life where somebody did something horrible to you and it didn't, it, you didn't lose a step in your day. Imagine if you got a flat tire and you just change the tire and you go about your day and you're not cussing at your car. Imagine. Imagine. Some people have been living in a negative stronghold so long that they don't even know what life would be if they would just release it. I see, see it with a poverty mentality. You could have millions of dollars in the bank and have a poverty mentality. I'll stay on topic because we got food to eat, but maybe next week. But the good news also is strongholds don't have to be negative. Strongholds don't have to be negative. A stronghold in scripture, the definition of it in Greek means to fortify through the idea of holding safely anything which one relies on, a castle or a fortress. Let me read that again. A stronghold in scripture means to fortify through the idea of holding safely anything on which one relies a castle or a fortress. In the Old Testament, we see strongholds all over the place. David, David would seek refuge in a stronghold. He would build up walls around himself, walls around the city to protect him from the enemy. So a stronghold can be a negative, but it can also be a positive. I've used this example a lot, but it's good, so here we go. Uh, let's, let's say you have an addiction. You've been living with an addiction for years and years and years. And, and for years, you've been piling up this wall, this stronghold, this castle around you with negative thinking or addiction. And, and for, for decades, you've been living in this. And you've been living in it for so long that those walls are super wide and super tall. And it seems like you can never bust free because you've been building yourself up in this negative stronghold, this castle. But then one day you get a revelation of the goodness of God. One day you get a revelation of the power that you possess, the power that raised Christ from the dead, the power that you have to take your thoughts captive and create a new and better life for yourself. So you get this idea. And so rather than building a, a, a castle up in an addiction or depression or anxiety or poverty, you start to come over here and you start to build a fortress in Christ, a fortress in a relationship with God the Father, seeking refuge in him, building up the, the fortress in Christ, brick by brick by brick. Now, does that mean just because one day, one service, you heard a message and you said, by golly, that's the life I want to live and I'm going to start doing it. But then you go home and you do all the stuff that you've always done. It's not going to work. we got to spend time. You spend a lot of time over here building and building and building. It's not going to come crumbling down overnight, more than likely, outside of, you know, we don't put God in a box, but you know what I'm saying. Generally speaking, these walls are wide, they're tall, and it's hard to break through. But if we can just ignore that for a while, 
Just let that go. The problem's still there. You're still battling the stuff, but you're putting more of your focus on building a fortress in Christ. And after a while, those walls get really wide and really tall. And you've been ignoring this for so long that it becomes weak and it just starts crumbling down on its own because now you're living in a fortress in Christ where the fiery darts of the enemy cannot penetrate through these walls. And things are going to happen. Storms are going to come, but it's not going to tear you down because you've spent so much time building yourself up in this new stronghold, this new fortress in Christ. If we could maintain that life, this isn't works, this is wisdom. This doesn't change, none of this changes how God feels about you, but if you can just operate in wisdom and realize that we're meant to live heaven on earth, not hold on in this, this negativity and this addiction and depression and anxiety until we die and, and go to heaven and what a day of rejoicing that would be, but we're created for heaven on earth to enjoy it right now on this planet. You ever think about this? I mean, if this is what we're created for, I mean, if we were created for heaven, why wouldn't he, he would have just put us there to begin with. We weren't created to just hold on for dear life until someday we're created for this life right now. And for me, that makes me think, I don't have to wait till I'm 65 to enjoy life. I don't have to wait until someday when, when everything gets better. I get to wait, or I get to enjoy life right now. I get to experience the benefits of a life in a fortress in Christ right now. Now, some of you are 65 or older right now and probably took offense to what I just said. But hear my heart, folks. Hear it, because you, you can, despite how long you've been building that your whole life, you might, if it took you 40 years of building this, 60 years of building this, this can come crumbling down in, in no time. Time. In an instant, it could come, come, come crumbling down. But we have to make that decision. We have to make that, that switch in our mind saying, I'm done living in that. I'm done living in that. I'm going to magnify the truth over the addiction. I'm going to magnify my relationship with God over the depression. I'm going to magnify what he says about me and I, my identity in him over even what I feel about myself sometimes. I'm going to speak the truth even when I feel like I'm lying to myself because I trust what my father says about me. He calls me righteous. He calls me holy. He calls me healed. He calls me successful. He calls me prosperous. All, all these things are who I already am. And as I magnify that by faith, my senses, my outside world will start to reflect what I see on the inside. But we've been spending so much time over here. Even some of you will leave here today and, and you're starting to put a brick down. A brick, a brick. You're like, whoo, I'm gonna go home. And I'm gonna do exactly that. I'm not just a hearer, I'm, I'm a doer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really start applying this stuff. But then life happens. And just by default, we go back over here. But if you're so strong in this fortress, after a while, this will become your default. You won't have to fight anymore. You won't have to, to struggle with those addictions. That's going to be your natural way of living as soon as it goes from your head to your heart. That's why it's so important when we talk about um, Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Matthew, I said these last week, but Matthew 12, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This fortress whether it, or castle, this stronghold, whether it's good or bad, is what's truly in your heart. So if you don't like the results you're getting, change what's in your heart. If you don't like the words you're speaking, change what's in your heart. So you take the, the equation, results, words you're speaking, 
as a result of this. So if I want this to change, I'll start over here and I'll change what I'm saying. I'll change how I'm living my life. And after a while, those bricks will start crumbling down and I'll be built up in this new fortress and who I truly am. It's so good. It's so good. And if we truly did it, if we truly got it and we truly started to apply it and stop shutting God out because of ego or pride or anything else, how different would our lives look? How different would our lives look? Don't hang on to a mistake because you spent a lot of time making it. I've been living this way so long. I've been down, going down this career path for so long. I went to school for X amount of years, and, and now I realize that this probably isn't even what God has for me. He has something so much better for me, but I spent a lot of money. I spent a lot of time. I'll just wait. I'll, I'll just put up with it till I retire, so I get that pension, and then I'll move over here. Do we trust God or not? Do we really believe what he says about us or not? You could have spent a lot of time building this castle, but you're actually limiting him. The thing that you think is really setting you free, the thing that you're holding on to, it's holding you back. So even the, the, the stronghold, I say addiction and depression, and, and you got to let that stuff go and don't be afraid of this new uncharted territory. But sometimes this looks pretty good because I make all the money. And I drive the nice car and I got the nice house and people from the outside looking in think I just got it all together. But they don't truly know what you're feeling on the inside. Those, and not across the board, not your every, every area of your life, but certain areas of your life where you know you've been building this for so long. I won't go there. How much? I, I can. I can do it. I can do it. Okay. Um, last week, if you weren't here last week, go back and watch because I'm going to fly through this. But last week we talked about this because our mind, our heart is such a powerful thing. So I, I said last week how our mind can take us anywhere we want to go. You just picture it in your mind and your mind will take you there. If you want to, to, to rest on a beach somewhere, but you can't afford it at the current moment, you can close your eyes and dream and your mind can actually take you there where you can actually hear the waves and you can feel the sun beating down on your face and you can just relax. Your mind can take you there and your heart rate will slow down and your body will start to respond and you haven't physically gone anywhere, but your mind's taking you somewhere. That's how powerful your mind is. But what's difficult is, uh, and we, we can imagine all these different things, but we can't imagine our mind because whenever we imagine our mind, many of us picture a brain, but our brain isn't our mind. Our, our, our brain is just an organ. So whenever we have a, an illustration to explain how the mind works, it helps us be able to function in a certain way in order to experience the freedom that God has created us to experience. So I found this uh, illustration. We did it last week, but uh, many people have used it. But we'll say this is the mind, and we have a line going across. I'm going to do this real fast. We have our five senses, see, taste, touch, smell, hear. 
This is our conscious mind. This is our subconscious mind. Our conscious mind is everything that we think, everything that we tell ourselves, and our subconscious mind would be our heart. Can everyone see this? Good enough? All right, heart, belief system, uh, uh, your habitual behavior, but as you think in your heart, so are you. So that means we have our body here, and that gives us the results that we need. I hope I'm making sense this morning because I'm trying to fly through this. So again, if you don't like what you're getting here, change what you have here in your heart or your subconscious mind. Now, what resides here is all the different strongholds that we've built up, good or bad. And there, it's not just one big stronghold. There's different ones for different things. Some people, and I'm preaching to myself, food. I have an unhealthy relationship with food. I'm here to admit it to you. It's a negative stronghold. I'm dealing with it. Preaching to myself, okay? So, or, 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 or like I said, a, a poverty mentality or negative attitude. Some people complain about the most ridiculous things. If you really stop and think about what people are complaining about, what you're complaining about, you complain about the house that you have when some people would kill to live in the house that you have the car you drive, people don't even own a car. All the things that we have, we're such a blessed society and all we do is whine and cry about it. I watched some old military videos this week, so I'm, I'm like resorting back to my old military days, but I'm saying this with love and compassion, I promise you. But stop complaining. <laughs> How do we change this? How do we change this? Well, we have these five senses here, but God has given us a sixth sense of that supersedes all these. Will you put Hebrews 11.1 1 in the Amplified up? We have the ability to look past what these senses are telling us by faith, trusting what God says is true. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for. Things hope for, as we probably know in this church, is a positive expectation. Faith is a positive expectation or a negative expectation, to be honest. Whatever you're putting your faith in, it could affect you positively or negatively. Being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality Faith perceiving as real fact what's not revealed to the senses. We, as human beings, have the ability to look past what we see, taste, touch, smell, and hear and realize that we can see the world, see ourselves, see others the way that God sees them. We can look past our circumstances and see it the way that God sees them. It doesn't mean that it hasn't changed yet, but we can look past those things. We don't have to go there right now, but uh, I believe I've shared this multiple times, but there's a story where Jesus was ministering to the multitudes. The multitudes, 5,000 uh, men, it says. And scholars say it's not including women and children. So it's 5,000 men. They say it could have been up to 20,000 people in front of him. And it's, it was getting late. The disciples say, well, we got to send these people home. They got to eat. It's getting dark. Everything's closing. Jesus says, well, feed them. So we don't have enough. So bring me what you have. They have five loaves and two fish. He says, all right. 
give it to me. Y'all not been listening to everything I've been teaching you all this time, but just give it to me. Let me show you how it's done. And, and he, it says he took the stuff and he looked up to heaven and he blessed the five loaves and two fish. And if you study that out, maybe he did physically look up and bless those, 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 the very little he had there. But in Greek, it says that he looked past. He looked again. He saw past what the natural world was showing him, and he was able to see things the way that God sees them. And he was able to feed 20,000 people off of five loaves and two fish. Whenever you can look past the lack, when you can look past the pain, when you can look past whatever these things are telling you, and you see it by faith, miracles happen. Provision happens. The life that you're created to live starts to manifest itself in your life. So we do this, and the only way to change what's in your heart, your subconscious, is to use your conscious mind, your conscious way of speaking. Again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I'm going to start, by faith, speaking the truth of what God says about me, regardless of any of this. I'm going to start, start listening to things. Things. Faith comes by hearing. So I'll listen to teachings. I've been telling people this, not out of pride, not, not out of ego or any of that, but I think we should ever, at least two or three more times throughout the week, take these messages and go listen to them on your own. I used to never say that because I thought that was egotistical. I'm not saying it because I'm just an amazing preacher. I'm saying it because we need to repeat these things over and over and over. And every time you listen to the same message, you're going to hear something that you've never heard before. We post it on YouTube every Monday. But so we, 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 faith comes by hearing. We're listening to it. We're speaking these things out loud. Faith comes by hearing even your own voice. And you're building your faith and you're tearing down these negative strongholds in your life. I'm speaking the truth and I'm building something over here. Building this, a result of building this is this negative stronghold coming down. We don't have to, it's not this active fight and we're fighting the devil and we're fighting the addiction. And we're fighting all these negative things. We're fighting depression. No, we're just not feeding it anymore. We're feeding this by faith. And after a while, these things seep down into here, into your heart, and your results start to change. Does that make sense? We have to, if, like this helps me so much, seeing things. So if I don't like what I'm hearing come out of my mouth, I know that I have been entertaining this over here. And I bring it back. There's areas of my life where I have not arrived yet. I know, it's shocking. <laughs> but I acknowledge them now because I've been living by faith in other areas of my life. So maybe you've, you've experienced a breakthrough in another area. And now, well, if it's true in this area, I can apply it in this area. And, and what I do, this is just practical. I'll give you something practical today. If you have something pop into your mind that's negative, that's a minus sign. <laughs> I replace it with two positives. Oh, that's just psychology. That's just thinking happy thoughts. My goodness. Elevate the truth over the lie. 
And if you're having a hard time, double up on it. We're so against things that the world uses. And the world's passing us by sometimes in certain areas. We have to realize that many of the, the things that the world uses came straight from kingdom principles, straight from the mouth of God. But we're so against the world that we don't use them. And we have this us, us versus them mentality. Say, so use this world. You're put on this planet for a reason. Allow doctors to speak into your life sometimes. Take the pill if you have to. I don't think that's the perfect way, but if you, let's say that you're battling anxiety and you can't do any of this stuff because you're just so miserable. And, and if you could just calm your mind by taking a pill for a certain amount of time, just to get your thoughts in order, not as the answer to your problems, but as a means to get you to the answer. Why not use that? I know a lot of people in our circles don't like that. We either believe all that God, by his stripes, we were healed or not at all. So we shut out anything that this world can provide. And people in the church are, are pretending like nothing's going wrong. But if we acknowledge that something's going wrong and we start to allow things in this world, you don't think God can work through a doctor or a pill? Talk about putting God in a box. That's not my first resort, but if I can't get to this place, I'm going to do whatever it can, whatever I can. Or else what happens is behind the scenes, people start to become alcoholics and nobody knows. And they start getting addicted to drugs and nobody knows because they feel like they can't tell anybody their problems because in the church, we're not supposed to talk that way. It's really mm, righteous anger. It makes me upset because I see people killing themselves by not truly understanding that we can, it's, it's all of it. It's not either or, it's not all or nothing. It's let's, let's just let God work however he wants to work. If you need to take a pill for a while, just say, this is where I'm going, but this, or this is what I'm doing now, but I'm not, this isn't the answer to my problems. I'm doing this so I can start doing this. Does that make sense? I hope you understand what I'm saying. You know my heart. My default, my initial response is not to run to a, to a pill. But man, we can't be so against things. I'm not talking to everyone this morning. I'm talking to somebody, though. Some of you are like, yeah, move on. But some of you need to hear that it's okay to just take the natural route sometimes. Or the worldly route, I should say. It's okay. God's not that small. talk about getting off topic. Your subconscious or your heart is like a thermostat. When you set it, it causes the environment to adjust to that temperature. So if you have a negative setting in your heart, your environment is going to start to become more negative. If you start to speak the truth of what God says about your situations and about your life, your environment will rise up to that as well. If we have this mentality that what can go wrong will go wrong, and all we do is complain and whine and find the worst in every little thing, that's all we're ever going to find. We have to see past it and learn to, to, to force ourselves to, to change the temperature in our heart 
and things around us will start to change. Last week, I'm going to stop, I promise, but last week I talked about the articular, or I just went blank, reticular activating system in your brain that, that it starts to filter things out by what you feed it. it. It comes alive, whether it's positive or negative. So if I said, man, Michelle is just, she's such a negative person. I can't even be around her all the time. She's just negative, 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 crying about everything, whining about everything. And, and I've convinced myself that's, that's all she does and that's all she is. That's all I'm ever going to hear come out of her mouth. My mind is automatically going to get rid of any positive thing that she ever says. All you're going to say, you ever, you ever, you're in a group of people and I mean, if Lindsay and, and Juan and me are together and, and I got a good relationship with Juan, but I don't really like Lindsay all that much, just as an example, of course. But I, I, Juan could say something and I just think it's so funny. So, so, so funny. And then she says the same exact thing. I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> You're just gonna hear things differently. You're gonna see things differently as long as we're not activating the positive side of things, the truth of God's word over the negative. It doesn't mean the negative doesn't exist, but if that's what we're magnifying, that's all we're ever going to see. You can build up a fortress in Christ and that old stronghold, that castle and all the pain and the depression and the anxiety and the lack and the, the fill in the blank will start to lose its power and come crumbling down in an instant. When your life, or change your heart, Change your life, and when your life is changed, the lives you come in contact will experience that change as well. Your whole world will start to be affected by your change of heart. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace and that power that you've given us. That most, the most powerful object, the most powerful thing in all the universe is right between our ears. And if we can just magnify your truth over what our senses are telling us, that's when we will start to experience true life change, the life that we are created to. We don't have to wait till someday to experience it. We can experience it right now. So I just speak that over everybody here this morning, just to, by way of remembrance, this week, this week, maybe negative things will happen, but I just speak that remembrance over you every day. Be encouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Speak the truth of God's word over yourself, and your heart will begin to change, and the walls of the fortress in Christ will become so wide and so tall that the fiery darts of the enemy cannot break through. That's going to be our new default, our new default. So, Lord, I thank you for the power you've given us, the power that raised Christ from the dead alive on the inside of us. And we're excited about our future. We're excited about tomorrow. We're excited about every single day because we know the purpose you've placed on the inside of us. So we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good message. Yeah, let's clap. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, while Clint was speaking uh, a couple months ago when I spoke, it was, it was really on my heart about this stuff and how to really get into real life practice, which Clint kind of drills into us every week. And I keep going back to practice. It really is practice. And if you keep reading 
Hebrews chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews starts naming all these examples of faith. Faith about Abraham, faith about Enoch, faith about, and it goes on. It's like the whole chapter just naming stories of faith and reminding us all of these situations of faith. Sometimes we have to do that to ourselves, right? We got to go back and remember, just like David in Psalm says, oh, my soul, remind my soul. I'm reminding myself because it's so hard, right? As humans, we just... We got it. We're good. I'm going to be positive. And then, bam, I leave this church building or whatever, and something sets me off. And then we beat ourselves up, and it just becomes a cycle. And so just remind yourself this week. You know, write a few things down that, you know, God has done for you or some things you've overcome, some goals that you've hit in your life. Remind yourself of those positive things if you're struggling in that area. And then move to take steps forward, baby steps right? This isn't a, a, um, a sprint. This is a marathon. Um, we're working out. We're walking out our faith. We're walking it out, and we're doing it together as a church. So um, that was really good. One other thing that really set me free when, you know, I grew up in church. Clint didn't. So his filter of the Bible and just of church in general is really different than a lot of us here. Um, but when I grew up in church, and this wasn't necessarily put on me by my church, but I thought healing, you know, God's will for our life to be healthy and whole, and I almost felt like I didn't have the faith, like if I couldn't get, if I wasn't healed, where was my faith, and you know, there's, I don't know, I don't know if you know, but you kind of go back and forth, and like, oh, it's me, what did I do wrong, blah, 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 I don't want to take this meds, and when we were at Karis in Colorado, these two speakers who, to me, were just, they're like the healing bombs, like they are amazing as Carly Teredes and Daniel um, Amstutz, they were, they were speaking once. And someone, asked, it was like a town hall, like a ask question and answer, and someone asked, what do you do if, if you don't think you should take, or if you think maybe you should take the medicine or not? Or, and their answer, and I was like, oh, this is, I didn't realize, but this had been kind of weighing on me. And they, their answer immediately, without even thinking, if you have that question, just take it. You will not even have the question in your heart, in your mind, if, you're, if you don't take it. You know, Clint had a, a heart issue, which got him out of the military, and he was taking very important medication for that. Um, medication that is very dangerous to stop abruptly. And he, I'm a nurse, if you don't know, and so I knew all about it. I had studied all the things. We were doing it. Well, he told me like three weeks after, but he just stopped taking it. And... <laughs> I was like, what? he knows me, you know, that was good, because I, anyway, he, he, like, just threw him all away, didn't tell me, he was healed, he knew it, done deal, signed, sealed, delivered, and it was done, and he's never had an issue since, so there, that's the difference, it really helped me, I just wanted to share that this morning, so, you guys can start, all right, so we do have, um, we're going to do a 4th of July potluck, you're welcome to stay, whether you brought something or not, we got a lot of food, especially a lot of meat. So please stay. If you can't stay, grab a plate and take it with you. Don't feel, if you didn't bring anything, that's totally fine. Please stay and eat, hang out. We do need to grab a couple tables from the back if a couple guys could get them um, after church. Um, we're going to take our offering at Grace Life Church. We just, we got two uh, giving boxes in the back. We're going to receive the offering after service. Uh, we just thank you so much for linking arms with us financially with our church. Four and a half years, when, when you said that out loud this morning, I'm like, man, it's like this, but also forever. And so, and it wouldn't be for, for 
if you guys weren't here. So we're just so thankful for you and your partnership with us as we give joyfully this morning. So I'm going to pray over the offering um, over our week and over the food, and then we can start eating. So we ask that you grab your children first before you get a plate, though I would understand why you wouldn't want to do that. Um, <laughs> free the teachers <laughs> uh, back there, but and then just come on in. The, the meat it should be on the... When you're going out the door, the right side, the sides and stuff on the left, and then the table over to the right is desserts. So we're going to set up some tables in the back and move some chairs around. So bear with us as we get settled, but you're welcome to start um, and hop in line. It should be ready. Mark Klinstad is um, our grill master today, so he's been grilling the whole service, so I think it's ready. So, all right. Father, we thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to come together this morning as Grace Life Church. Father, we thank you for this awesome day um, and the time to celebrate. We thank you for the country that we live in and the freedom that we have. We thank you that for Christ, you set us free. And that we get to, we're just so blessed to live in a country. We get to walk that out daily without hiding in a hole or an underground church. Father, we thank you for these opportunities we have in the country that we live in. Father, I pray over the offering right now. I thank you that it's coming back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, 100% back. We give joyfully this morning, and we thank you as we link arms with you in Grace Life Church. Father, I pray over the food. We bless it to our bodies. And just thank you for the fellowship that we have today as we go into this week. Father, we thank you for helping us to have opportunities to to practice, to build up those positive strongholds in our lives, that those positive things will have get a hold of us strongly as we lay those bricks down and take opportunities. We throw guilt, shame aside, and we move forward. We press on. We thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.